Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited, so go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, Keisha Fitzgerald. Welcome, Keisha. So excited to have you. Morgan, I'm pumped to be here. Thanks so much for having me, girl. You got it. And I want to give you a little bit of info about Keisha. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, speaker, and podcaster who's on a mission to help women unapologetically share their voice and message with the world. Along with her podcast, she has a global community of personal growth-obsessed women. She's the founder of two podcast courses that help women launch or grow their show and the host of an in-person women empowerment events. She's found that what's often holding women back is the thoughts that they think about who they are and what they're capable of. So she takes her knowledge from working with hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years, paired with her high energy, bubbly personality, and a come with me, let's figure this out together approach to light a fire under their booty to get out of their own way and go. Well, 
Welcome, Keisha. <laughs> What's up? I feel like we're going to have a lot to jam on today because you are all about pulling back the layers and being really transparent with your community, which is literally like why I started my show too. So I'm just excited to jam about whatever comes up. So this is going to be fun. A hundred percent. Yeah. I've definitely been like stalking you on Instagram. I feel like I think we're over six months at least. And every time I see your posts, I'm like, yes, girl, a hundred percent. You're all about women supporting women and that whole attitude of, Hey, if she can do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. You know, ditch the comparison. Let's all support each other. Let's do it together. So yeah, I love your energy. I love what you're doing for women um, in the online space and the female entrepreneurs out there. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'm excited just to, yeah. because I think there's like, there's a lot of need for us to have real conversations about what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what it's like to be a human, just navigating through life. Because so often, especially in, in this like instant gratification culture that we live in, where social media is such a huge proponent to like contributing to this narrative that somebody else has something figured out and you're the one that doesn't. And it's just not true. And so I'm really just a huge proponent of like pulling back the curtain and being like, Hey, I sometimes ugly cry on my bathroom floor where my snot, and my mascara get together in my mouth. And I'm like choking, thinking I have no idea what the hell I'm doing with my life, despite the success that I've seen in my business or in the podcasting space or whatever. And it's like, let's just talk about that and be really open. You know, I think we just mm-hmm. need to do that as women in particular, because there's room for everybody to do whatever the hell they want to do because everybody has a different voice and style. And I think that's really aligned with the work that you're doing in the world too. So this is, this is fun to, to yes. be here. I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, I want to dive in. I always start by asking my guests about their story yeah. and what, what brought you to this purpose? You know, I, I think of it as like heart centered entrepreneurship, purpose-driven entrepreneurship, right? Like what, what brought you there? How did you get here? Yeah. So a lot of people listening or watching this right now can probably connect with the story of doing the thing that you think that you're supposed to do, like checking all the boxes, getting there, looking around and being like, crap, like this is not what I actually want. And because we become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group, I, I thought that my path was normal and um, it always felt like intuitively, like I was on the wrong path. Like I just had this like visceral feeling that I was like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. But on paper, it made sense because I was not someone that had this story of like horrible managers or that I didn't make income in my career. Or like, I just, I hated my job. It actually was pretty good. My last corporate job was working at Google in recruiting and it was a great job, but it, it didn't feel like it was aligned for me. So my path was kind of taking that gut feeling that was telling me there's something that's more in alignment and actually following that. And rather than thinking that I had to like jump and hope that the net would appear, like just jump into the entrepreneurial space and quit my job and do all the, that I'm a huge proponent of starting things on the side for another stream of fulfillment and yeah, another stream of income, but also to figure out what it is that you're excited about and what you're passionate about in life. So My first business was actually in network marketing back in January of 2014, which I think is a really powerful way for people to get into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot. I got to speak on a lot of stages, built up a huge community, made a lot of impact doing that. And then what happened was a couple of years into it, 
I got that same gut feeling that something was wrong, but it was more confusing because I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I had a lot of achievements that a lot of people were working towards. And I got to speak to like 10,000 people, audiences and do all these really cool things, but it still didn't feel aligned. And it's a good reminder like to anyone listening into this of like, sometimes you have this like visceral feeling, this like discomfort in your gut. And it's such a gift because it's telling you it's time to make a change, but it doesn't mean that it feels good while it's happening. Right. Cause you feel so confused. Mm -hmm. And especially in a situation where you're going from like a very good situation to your version of great. And, um, so I decided to leave that business and, but what I did in pursuit of leaving that business was I started my podcast on the side. Like we kind of led into at the beginning, I felt as if there weren't a ton of women in the podcasting space that were pulling back the curtain saying, come with me, let's figure this out together. It was a lot of people that were giving advice from a couple years ahead, especially in the personal growth space where it's helpful to learn from experts for sure. And it's needed to have, you know, people that are like, this is what I did to get here. Here's the steps to take. But I really wanted to feel like someone was like a girlfriend in it with me that was saying how hard it feels when you don't know what's coming next. And you know that you can figure it out, but you don't know which direction to go and you're seeking clarity and you're seeking confidence. So I started the podcast that I wish that I had. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, if it's not being represented the way that you think it should, it's because you're supposed to be the representation. I just like really believe that. So the podcast built up a strong community, which led into memberships and podcasting courses and merch and speaking opportunities and events. And here we are. And I'm still just the same girl (laughs) trying to figure it out. I just have a little bit more of an audience to do it with, I guess. I love that. I love your story so much and it's so relatable. And I think the audience can definitely relate as well. And I was thinking about my story of getting a doctorate in clinical psychology and having my dream career that had been 12 years of college for me and hundreds of thousands of dollars and sitting in a private practice right on near the beach in La Jolla, California driving my like dream car and like living this dream life. But my inner voice said, something's off. You need to serve women in a bigger way and in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that little voice is the thing that helped me launch the coaching business. And here we are. So, well, I'm curious from that too, Morgan is like, did you, cause so often we talk about not comparing ourselves to other people and we know not to do that, but I've actually struggled more with comparing myself to a prior version of myself when the circumstances were different. So like, I don't know if you felt this way at all going from like the top of your game, you know, having your private practice. And like, even though you had this feeling that it wasn't right for you and you're, you know, making good income. And a lot of other people would say that you're doing a great job and like, Oh, look, you've arrived. You've done all the things, but then when you jump to do something new, even if you're excited to do something new, you still feel like you suck at the beginning because you don't know what the hell you're doing. And it's almost like you have to be a brand new beginner again, that there was this like season for me. And I'm curious if you felt this way too, where like you're, you're starting back at square one and you're like, Oh, it would have been so much easier to stay in this other thing that I was already really good at that. I had proof of concept in, but here I am at the beginning Mm -hmm. feeling like I suck knowing that I have to start, start over again. Did you feel that way at all? I think it was, it was such an identity shift of just, and having such a peer group of psychologists, right. And you're like, it's a very strong 
peer group. And really I had a lot of their voices in my head um, in the beginning and just kind of feeling like, you know, coaching was a dirty word in in the clinical site community probably still is in a lot of places, but I don't listen anymore. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think that's kind of what I struggled with is just the expectation of the peer group. But I did, I got the data. I met with the lawyers. I did the things that like needed to help me get clarity that, Hey, you can show up in this way. And not only that you can, but you need to, cause it's what you feel called mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. But yeah, I will say that there was that part of me that was like, what about the little girl that in middle school knew that she wanted to be a psychologist and wanted to have those, you know, patients and live that life. And yeah, that, that version of me died because I found something that I connected more with. So yeah, I think there's grieving. Sometimes I think about, you know, when I'm in my sixties, maybe I'll have a little private practice and just work with people on a really small scale or, you know, something like that. But right now that's not what I'm called. That's not the season that Mm -hmm. I'm in. So I love that you mentioned that too, because I feel like often we get excited about the goal that we're working on or this like future version of like the direction that we're wanting to go. But we forget that with change, even if it's good change, there's still a grief component to that because it's loss of the familiar of what you already know and how important that is that when you feel that resistance for anyone listening into this, it's like starting something new, or maybe you're changing career paths or you're, you know, getting into a new relationship. It's like, when you feel those like feels at the beginning, even if it's a little bit of resistance, it might just be because it's not familiar because we're wired to want to belong in these familiar thought patterns. And I'm always really cautious that I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm starting something new. You know, like we've talked about like planning events and things like that, where it's like, I've never done this before. So of course I'm not going to feel super confident. And of course I'm going to have this like stretching feeling. That's like, like all the feels mm-hmm. that come up with that, but it's also really rewarding rewarding because when you work through that beginning resistance stage, like that's what the, you know, the future version of you is going to be so proud of because you know that you had to work through that beginning to get where you wanted to go. And then you look back and you're like, yes, like look how far I've come, you know? So I'm like addicted (laughs) to that feeling too. I love it. I love it. Um, I wanted to ask you, cause I know you're married and I have seen you and your husband very cute. You guys look great together. (laughs) I was going to say, um, but I'm curious. So like when I meet other women who are really driven, yeah, it's like, I actually, my Facebook group for, um, the, the women who follow the podcast, et cetera, it's called successful women, great relationships Yeah, because we get this message that we can't have both Mm -hmm. or that, like if we're successful, we're not going to be a good partner. Yeah. Or that we're going to intimidate. And, and some of us, myself included, have gotten partners who will say, I don't want you to earn more than me. You know, yeah. I, I want you to be the homemaker. I'm like, I don't yeah. know. And, and some of that's dying, but it's still there, this belief of how do I have a great relationship and be a boss, babe, be a super successful woman. So I'm curious, how have you navigated that? What did that look like for you? So it's interesting because we've been together for my husband and I've been together for 13 years. I'm 32. So like, since I was 18, 19 years old, we met in college at a house party. Uh, And we, you know, I think you either 
accidentally grow apart or you intentionally grow together, but straight out the gates, I was very confident that I wanted to do really big things in this world. And I was straight out the gates, like, Hey, just so you know, if you're, I remember like on one of our first dates when I was like 19 years old, I was like, if you're looking for someone who's going to be a stay at home mom that wants to like cook and do all those things, I have mad respect for people that want to do that. And that's the desire place on their heart, but I've never had that vision. So just so you know, if you're looking for that, like I was literally in like 19, <laughs> like just so you know, if you're looking for that, I'm probably, I'm never going to be that. And he was so caught off guard because he's like, I'm not, I'm not looking for that. And also like, what are, what do you, we're like, we're college kids. Like, why are you even worried about this? But I think I just, I've been so intentional about my responsibility to grow as a person and to figure out what lights me up and not putting those, like that responsibility on him. And that, being said, being very confident in who I want to be. And I think what that's done for us is this evolution of 13 years is like, he knew what he was getting into, but there were definitely seasons, uh, especially when my business first started to take off. He was at NYU dental school and I was financially supporting both of us. And my business was starting to grow like crazy. It was first on the side while I was working at Google. And then it started to pass that income and it was growing, growing, growing. And we never actually had any of those issues of him being worried about me making more than him because it was like, we're in this together. Like our intention was we're, we're partners. Like this is a relationship. It's a team thing, but there was a lot of like these masculine feminine dynamics that we had to navigate because he was a full-time dental student. So he wasn't making any income and I was making a lot of income. And I was also back in the network marketing days, I was talking a lot about income on social media. So like, it was very, like everyone was very aware of the fact that I was financially supporting us and he was not contributing financially to our income. And we had to have a lot of conversations about like the bigger vision of the direction that we're going in our, like in our relationship, like you're going to dental school. So you can provide, like, you can be in this lane where you're really fulfilled and excited about the career path that you're taking. And I'm really excited about the career path that I'm taking. And we're going to be supportive of each other because that's the type of marriage that we want to have. We're both individually chasing our goals, but then also chasing those goals together. So it was a lot of communication about that and understanding how to support each other. But also whenever I talk to girlfriends of mine right now, they're like, gosh, like, I'm just like looking for a guy that, or, you know, or whatever that can understand, like, I'm super ambitious. And I'm like, well, you're going to project that energy. Like, and you're vibrating at this level that if someone isn't going to be at that level, you're never going to want to be with them anyways. And it's like this narrative of getting caught up in like, you know, by the time I'm 35 or I'm 40, I need to be married. And I'm like, my goal is I want to be obsessed with the same person that I'm married to when I'm 80. So if, although I've been with someone for so long, my mindset is like, I would rather be with the right person than just get married at some arbitrary timeline because I think that I should, but I, but I get that. I get that. That's like a real concern for ambitious women. And I'm like, there are tons of men out there that are fine with that. Right. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you just have to find the right person and be confident in yourself that you don't settle because of some narrative in society. That's like, Oh, you're not successful. If you're not married at this stage, it's like, bullshit. Mm-hmm. you know, I, these are such good points. And I think to the audience listening, they've heard me talk about the terms, um, interdependence, codependence and mm-hmm. hyper independence. Yeah. And the healthy place we want to be at is interdependence, which is exactly what you described this team dynamic where, Hey, we're on the same team. We can support each other. And we're also individuals and we can also have our own individual 
passions and careers that really fill us up. And since we're a team, we want to support each other in being fulfilled. Yeah. Codependency is, Ooh, you're getting too successful. I'm worried you're not going to be like me. So I want to pull you down. Yeah. And well, it's such an important topic because when you're, especially because we've been together for so long, we recently went through a massive change where my husband lost his dad and he left dentistry to jump into the real estate space. He's a very achiever. Like if you're familiar with Enneagram, he's an Enneagram three. He's like a, when I have a goal, I'm going to crush it. When I don't have a goal, it's real bad, like really, really bad. And we actually hadn't really navigated a season of like grief and anxiety that was coming up for him combined with this uncertainty of his own career path. Meanwhile, I was over here feeling like I'm on a rocket ship. Like I have a lot of clarity and direction right now. I've had lots of seasons where I didn't, but right now I feel very certain of the direction that I'm going. And that was a new like recalibration where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm used to this stable, confident, ambitious go-getter person that I've been doing life with for 13 years. But in the last six months, I would say like, we literally are just coming out of this in real time where he was so like scattered with what he wanted. And I was like, this is, this is a team thing. So I'm really excited and I'm really optimistic right now. Like I need to pour into you in a way that I'm still honoring my own goals, but I need to give you a ton of like, just like pump up and hype. And I need to really figure out like how I can help support you. And that's the type of relationship that I want is I don't want someone that where we're individually just like, Oh, how was your day? And then we like connect at the end of the day and we have no idea what's going on in each other's worlds, but it's finding that balance. And I think every single person is so different. So to the women that are single that are listening into this, it's like, figure out what you actually want and own it. And I just really believe that the right person's going to come along and your standards Mm -hmm. are at this level where like, you're not going to accept anything less than that. And like, Mm -hmm. I know the type of support that I want and we still have these standards in our relationship now where I'm like, Hey, like we're trying to be married for the rest of our life. So like, how are we going to navigate all of this, you know, as we're working through it? So, yeah. There's so much there in what you said. And I love being aware of the power of how you communicate something. I'll always tell my clients, it's about the narrative that you're telling and basically how you're telling your own story and and how you're describing what it is that you want. Yeah. It's, it's really important to be intentional about that and to be able to communicate in a way where you say, I'm owning this, this is what it is. I would love to grow with you. And if you're not wanting to grow together, that's also okay. Right. So it is just that total, um, you know, coming from a place of secure attachment, what I talk about and confidence. Well, and then also from that, what has been a big learning lesson for me is reminding myself that I'm going to have to apologize because I value my relationship more than my ego and being right. And because sometimes like I know what I want and I'm very confident majority of the time, right? I'm not constantly, I don't feel like confidence is something that you arrive at, but I'm confident in what I want and what I bring to the table. And when I'm, when I'm really like certain about something, I can forget that I need to make sure that I'm communicating in a way that's actually effective. That's giving off like what I want to be giving off, not just doing something so I can be right or prove my point. And that's a constant 
thing to figure out because if he's really confident and excited, we can have amazing conversations, but if he's feeling like he's not as confident because of the season of his life that he's navigating and same vice versa, if I'm not as confident because of the season of life that I'm navigating, Mm -hmm. the tone has to change. Like the empathy has to be there. And it's like, you can't approach it with the same thing that even if it's worked for you for years before seasons require different communication patterns. And that's something that is going to be a forever you know, lesson and like thing that I'm working on. And it's always like reminding myself that the finger that I want to point at him or anyone else, like in female friendships and with our family, the finger Mm -hmm. that I want to point at everyone else, I always have the opportunity to flip it back around and point it at myself and say, what can I own here? Because that's the only thing that I really can control is like what I'm putting out there. I can't control their perception. I can't even, I can't control his, my husband, like my best friend of 13 years, I can't control his perception of me. It's not Mm -hmm. my responsibility. Right. And that part feels like, okay, well, I can control the way that I show up. And that's, that's all that I need to do. This is so good. So, so important. And I think there's a few key things there. One is just attunement and like being intentionally attuned to your partner. And that does take you being intentional. Um, And I always talk about the most important thing in a healthy long-term relationship is two people who want to show up in it and who really want to create secure attachment. Yeah. Um, When I come on your podcast, we'll talk all about this. Yes. I can't wait. (laughs) But yeah, like both people have to want to create that secure attachment. Right. And then in different seasons, it's going to look different. So Mm -hmm. can you be willing to show up and be curious about what is required of me during this season to create that secure attachment? And you want people who they're in it for the long haul to show up every day and do that. And I like the word that you said of curious, because it also creates like people talk about how marriage and relationships are work and they are work. But like, when you say things like curious or like, how can I be, how can I try and just get a little bit better at this? Or how can we have a little bit more fun together? Or how can this feel like, how would this feel more fun? Questions like that. It just like, it lights up just how I want to show up in my relationship with this like playful nature too, where it's like being curious of like, how can I do a little bit better of a job explaining this in a way that feels aligned for you too, while still honoring how I want to show up in the world? Like the, the language that you're using about your relationships is huge because I'm like, yeah, I want to have this like relationship where I'm like, I'm curious about you. Like we've been together for 13 years and I'm still curious about you. Like that's fun. And I think that's going to be conducive towards the type of marriage that I want to have in 50 years from now. Absolutely. I love it. Are you an Enneagram eight? I'm a seven wing eight. I'm an eight wing seven. Ah, okay. That's what we got. And, and my partner is a three as well. So I'm like, okay. And I'm 32 girl. We are, we are literally supposed to be connected. It's that, that seven, like three combo, because when you're with someone that's very achievement focused, this is why anyone that's listening into this, if you don't know Enneagram, like, please go, I'm sure you've talked about it on your show before, but like, go check out Enneagram. Cause it's so interesting because then you know how someone's motivated from like an individual perspective and then how you can contribute to making that even more fulfilling and fun for them and vice versa. We're seeing that my husband knows if like, if you don't make this fun, cause I'm a seven, the enthusiast, which means I'm very motivated by joy and yeah. fun and excitement. If you try and make me like stay structured and put it in a box, like I'm see you later. I'm out of here. Totally. Right. <laughs> totally. hundred percent. hundred percent. I need to get, um, Tracy O'Malley to come on. I know she oh. talks about the Enneagram. So she's, she's one of my, she's like my big sister. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> yeah. 
love her. Um, but anyways, I just thought that was funny. I'm like, we're in a parallel universe here. We are. Somehow. We seriously are. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, so another thing I would just be really curious about is you talk about female friendships and you do such a good job of highlighting how we can grow with each other. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I experienced this in some of my own friendships of people not being able to grow with me. Um, I actually, this is kind of an interesting story, but I had a podcast launch party a couple of years ago. Yeah. And there was a friend of mine there and some of our other friends had organized the party for me. And there was like all this attention on me and she was feeling like she was getting left in the dust and she spent the whole party crying in a corner Yeah, and then made a big deal and kind of got really drunk and like stormed out of the party. Yeah. And that like breaks my heart to think about. And, you know, we've like repaired it since then, but I just, that's like an instance I think about of when we feel insecure about other women's success Mm -hmm. or feel like we're getting left out. And that's such a wound for so many women of like, Oh, I'm just being left out. I don't fit in. Yeah. But can you talk about this? Like how, how do you talk about this to your audience? What would you say? Yeah. So I think one of the things is we want other people to support us, but we often don't communicate what support looks like or why it actually really matters to us to do that thing. In particular women in the entrepreneurial space, podcasting space, whatever it may be, where we expect that that person's going to know exactly how to show up for us. And they might be feeling like they're left behind because they don't feel like they're part of it. Like you're not, you know, including them on the vision of your business or your goals or your dreams or the things that you're working towards. Cause you're telling yourself the story that they will understand it because they don't want to do it for themselves. And in reality, I found a lot of my friends, like my closest girlfriends that aren't, for example, in the entrepreneurial space, and maybe they think I'm kind of a crazy big dreamer, which is true. <laughs> um, but I do, I do the best that I can to make Make sure that I'm looping them in, in a way that also they'll understand from their perspective and they feel like they're part of it. And then if I want them to support me and my business endeavors and like planning my first event or my podcast, or I want them to be supportive of me, I have to care about the things that they care about too. So if they've got two kids that are under four, then I need to be asking them about their kids and how they're feeling as a parent right now. Cause I can't expect to get them to support me if I'm not willing to be the type of friend that I want to be as well. So I think that's one part of it. And then the other part is I just remind myself that people can't give advice or really understand unless they've had the the experience themselves, right? So like sometimes we're a reflection back to that other person of something that they didn't do. And it's this underlying like resentment, which is really interesting to like break down. But sometimes it's literally just, they, they feel like they really don't understand it. So how much are you willing to take responsibility for looping those friends that you do feel like you really want to have those strong relationships with of their part in it? For example, with this event coming up, it's like not, you know, my friends that maybe aren't entrepreneurs or don't understand what it's like to build a community and things like that, that still want to be part of it. I'm like, you would crush it at like running the welcome, like front desk area. And like, you're such a good, like nurturer. I'd love for you to support all the speakers when they're coming in and like, make sure everything's taken care of. Of like, I can loop them in if I choose to. And then there are the friends that like, we don't have language around this. We do with relationships of like, oh, it didn't work out with so-and-so we broke up and now we're moving forward. It's like, it's almost like with female friendships, we think that like 
we have to have some reason that we grow apart when it's like, you didn't outgrow them. You guys are just going down different paths. And sometimes I think it's just honestly like reminding yourself, you can love people that you don't talk to anymore, but they're not conducive to where you're going. And it's like, especially if you're really ambitious, you're trying to grow a ton, which women listening into a show like this are definitely wanting to work on leveling up in different aspects of their life. That it's like, do you want people who look more like your future or look more like your past? Because I'm asking myself that constantly. I'm taking inventory of like women that think big and support each other and are really genuinely advocates for other women. I need to have a lot of those in my corner because I become a byproduct of the expectations of them. And it's the same rules where like Sina and I don't go to, like, we will not hang out with couples that don't support each other. As in like, if they're, if we're at dinner with a couple and they like make jokes at each other that we're like, this is so awkward. It's one thing if it's like funny banter, but when they're digging at each other, I'm like, I don't want to be around that because then I think that's normal and that's not normal for what we want. So it's like, how can you take responsibility? And then how can you loop in your, in your girlfriends and not make it so personal about you? It could just be you're reflecting something onto them. So how can you be compassionate? And once you've done that, it might just be, you need some space and that's cool too. I love this so much. (laughs) And it's like, it's just not talked about enough. You know, women who go through the program will come to me and they'll say, wow, I'm changing. I have a new set of beliefs. My identity is completely shifted and I feel like I'm losing my friends and I don't know what to do. And it is, I love that question. You said, do you want to be surrounded by people who look like your future or your past? That's such a powerful Powerful, powerful question. Um, while we're talking about it, I wanted to hear about your retreat. Can you tell the audience? I'm sorry, I called it a retreat. It's an, yeah. I, I am hosting a retreat. Yeah. Yeah. You have a live event, but yeah. <laughs> tell the audience about it. Well, on that, I just think it's really like the power of proximity. And like we were jamming about this a little bit together of like, being in community with people like you will have at your retreat and like we're doing at this event with women that just get it. When you tell them your vision for your future, even if it's about your relationships, you're like, I want to have these like really in-depth relationships with other women, or I want to have a partner that like, I am so excited to be in relationship with this person. If that's normalized, then you're going to be around other women that also think that way too, that like you believe that it's possible for you. You can borrow belief from other people, right? And I think it's just, we need to get women in rooms like that, which is why I'm so excited for you for your retreat and excited for this event that we're doing. Um, I've wanted, since I started my podcast at the end of 2018, my intention was, you know, I wanted to be a come with me, let's figure this out together rather than a look at me, I've got this all figured out type of show. And from that has stemmed this really engaged community of women that genuinely want to support other women. I'm like, what would it look like? And what would it feel like if we put 500 of them in a room together and we bring in like powerhouse keynote speakers and we have all these opportunities to connect and we make it this like three-day event, but it's super high vibe and fun. And on my podcast, we talk about like, we're girlfriends chatting over spicy margaritas. Um, so we're going to do like a spicy margarita night and like a live podcast. And I'm just really excited about the creative aspect of it for me personally as an entrepreneur, but I'm way more excited to have so many women from all across the country that have like the commonality that they want to grow and they want to evolve being in a room together. So, uh, it's called empower her live and it is in Phoenix, um, October 21st through the 23rd. Amazing. It sounds yeah. so fun. I am <laughs> so excited for you. <laughs> Thank I you. love it. For you too. 500 people. That's amazing. Yeah. That's going to feel great. Well, and you know, like when you're doing something brand new, it's like, 
you're stretching. And then you have to be really cautious that you don't label the space between where you are now and where you want to go with something that doesn't serve you. Where I'm like, of course, I don't know how to host a 500 person event yet. Keyword yet. I've literally never done it, but talk to me on October 24th. And I'm going to be like, all right, girl, like this is what we did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, that was the same way I approached the podcast when I started. And I feel like you'll find this interesting, but I made the promise to myself that I would do it for a year, two episodes a week. Yeah. And I said, if no one listens after a year, then I'll take it down. I won't do it anymore. Yeah. But it was just that commitment of, I may not know what I'm doing now, but I'm going to let myself fail for an entire year. Yep. And I kept that promise to myself. And of course, here we are. It worked out. So yeah. Well, and think about how much confidence you built in yourself. Cause like, I think of confidence, like a bucket, right? So every single time that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, it's like, you're putting a deposit into that bucket, plop, 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 plop. That's two deposits every single freaking week for a year. So the person that you are one year in and like how much value you've added over that year is tremendous. And I think it's like to any woman listening into this, it's asking yourself, like, do you have tiny little things that you're doing on a regular basis to give yourself those deposits? Because then you believe that you're worthy of the relationships that you want in your life because you're confident in yourself and you believe in your ability to figure things out when life throws you a curveball or this like crazy breakup happens or you're navigating whatever in your life. Right. And it's from the foundation of things like that. And it's ironic that you say that because when I started my show, I said, I'm going to do this for a year, two episodes a week. And if I don't love it, <laughs> then I'm going to quit. It wasn't actually about the audience. I was like, if I don't love doing it, cause I'm a seven, right. But I don't love it. Then I'm quitting. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It worked out for both of us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I want to come to your event. It sounds great. Yes. Come. I would love, and then we can squeeze each other in person. We're supposed to be connected clearly. So I know, I know. Um, and then I want to make sure people can find you too. So what is your Instagram? All like all the things. Yeah. So, uh, Instagram is my favorite social media platform. It's at Keisha, K-A-C-I-A dot Fitzgerald. We have a podcast Instagram too. It's empowerher.podcast. And then that's my podcast, empower her. It's a Monday, Thursday show. And I, do a lot of these little like pep talks on Mondays that are perfect for if you're in the shower or you're getting ready for the day to light a little fire under your booty. They're like 10 to 15 minutes. So that's what my audience seems to really vibe with. They want to get lit up and be like, whoa, let's get it. (laughs) And then they can listen to your show and like dive into like all of the like (laughs) theories and things that they need to learn. So I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Um, I always ask every guest this and I, I want to just pick your brain. Yeah. What would you say to someone if you're walking down the street and a random person comes up to you and they say, what is your best life advice? And it doesn't have to be of all time, but just today in this moment, someone asks you that, what would you say to them? Fall in love with the process more than what the process can produce and your gold in anything. Um, I think for me, I've been able to be consistent at things that have brought real results in my life and my relationships and my health and my business and my bank account, whatever, because I'm asking myself constantly what other people often deem as trivial, which is how can I make this more fun? How can I bring more people into this? How can I loop other people into this vision so that when I win, it's not just me winning by myself. Who else is going to benefit as a byproduct if I go for this and I stay consistent at it? And it's all the things that I'm doing are very, very process focused 
not outcome focused. And I think so often we dig at our own confidence and we throw in the towel before we get where we want to go because it's too end goal focused. And it's a constant reminder for me of what the narrative is for a lot of women in my community. But also I live with someone like that, right? Like an Enneagram three, like they're very end goal focused. And it brings a lot of, you know, like focus in your day-to-day life and the intentionality is there, but like, there's a lot of opportunity to miss out on what you're really craving. Cause why do we set goals in the first place? It's because of the feelings that we think that we're going to get when we accomplish that, Mm -hmm. what we are going to make that mean, what we think other people are going to make that mean. And I like to ask myself, like, how can I get some of that now? Right. Not when I get 10 million downloads on my podcast, which that's coming, but that's not when I'm going to feel successful because I would never get to 10 million downloads on my podcast. If I didn't think that I was successful for showing up and being honest episode one, when I was like, so sweaty, you know, like your first episode, I'm sure you can relate to this where you're like, I didn't even know I could sweat in these places. Like how am I so freaking sweaty right now? Right. (laughs) And then you keep putting your reps in. And I think, um, yeah, yeah, a stranger on the street. (laughs) So, so good. And it's funny when I'm coaching women about dating, one of the things I always say, how can you have as much fun as possible? What does that look like? Because yeah, anything in life, if we're not enjoying that process and it doesn't feel good to us, it's not going to be sustainable. We're not going to stick with it. Yeah. So I love that. I'm so aligned with what you're sharing. Well, I think the other thing too, is like when you get there, I just don't want someone to get there. Maybe that is in this like relationship of their dreams and look back at the path that they took towards getting there and feel like everything else is put on the back burner, like your friendships and your family and your health and your business goals or your your career goals, just because you were so focused on this, like masculine way of getting towards you where where you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to get there and look back at the path and be like, damn, that was worth it. Like, I like the person that I was in pursuit of the goal because that contribute so much to, to your confidence, which does affect your relationship. So I love this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. As someone who got, you know, a doctorate and had that belief for seven years of, well, I'll be happy when I get this doctorate and then realizing, oh shit, I'm, you know, nothing changed. Yeah. Um, so, and then realizing like, yeah, you have to you have to become the version of you that enjoys your day today and enjoys the process and appreciates who who you are yeah on a day-to-day basis no matter what you have achieved or not achieved yeah so real i love that yeah love it so much keisha what an amazing conversation this completely flew by <laughs> so i i appreciate you so much is there anything else you would want to say to our audience there a lot of it is women who they really do want that life partner yeah they're they're struggling in the sense of like they feel like they keep dating the same type of person over and over they're trying to make it work it's not working out yeah well what would you like what would you pour into our audience that they just really want it to happen and they're they're tired of the dating roller coaster yeah I think first is this idea of like type in general. I'm not big on like having one thing or thinking that there's one type of person that's going to fulfill this like need that you have. It's asking yourself like this version of me, like how can I focus on doing me 
and being the best version of me so that someone can come along and help me do me better in a way that feels aligned for the direction that I want to go. So it's like, how can we can't control when we're going to meet someone that's going to come into our life, but we can control how much we're focused on our own growth so we can vibrate at the level in which we want to attract someone at that level. But we also can control the circumstances that we're willing to put ourselves in to put ourselves out there. And whether it's in business and podcasting in relationships, I think there's also part of it where, and I think your audience will really align with this is like, you've got to own that this is something that you're working on because other people can help you if you're telling them, right? Like when my husband left dentistry and moved into real estate, I was like, babe, you got to tell people what it is that like your vision is because there are people that are going to come out of the woodworks that want to support you. So right now to a woman listening in, if, if you're willing to say like, okay, I'm ready to put myself out there and I do want to start dating. You don't know if your friend's brother's cousin's coworker isn't the right person for you. But if you're keeping it to yourself and you're like, oh, but I'm scared and I'm nervous. Good. Like, welcome to the club. That's called being a human and growing and stepping outside your comfort zone. Of course, you're going to be scared and nervous, or maybe you're going to feel awkward when you go to that group thing that you wanted to just stay at home. You're not going to meet that person. If you're sitting watching Netflix on your couch, you got to get out there and go to those meetups or go to those Mm -hmm. events where you could meet someone who knows someone. And the way that you can also meet a significant other is through the community that you build when you're going to things like your retreat or my event or local meetups or meeting up with that woman that you connected with on LinkedIn or whatever. Like it's just knowing people and building up Mm -hmm. your community gets you that one degree away. So like, what can you take radical responsibility for instead of sitting in this situation feeling like, oh, dang it, like this sucks. And doing the thing that we do as humans, where we like look for all the evidence to confirm whatever we believe to be true. And we spiral downwards and then we're ugly crying again on our bathroom floor. It's like, okay, girl, you can ugly crowd your bathroom floor. Just don't unpack and stay there. We got to get back up and then say, what can I do? Well, I can work on myself and I can put myself in that environment that's conducive towards the direction of where I actually want to go. And you can do that. So to the woman that feels like she hasn't met someone yet, take a look at your calendar, whip it out. When's the, when's the last time you did something for the first time? When have you put yourself in an environment where you're not around the same people that you're around every single week, expecting that you're going to get different results? You're going to have to go to a different coffee shop. You're going to have to talk to a stranger in the produce section. You're going to have to go to that meetup and it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be worth it when you have this really juicy random story of how you met your person because you were willing to be brave and put yourself. Yes. Out. Love it. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, everybody is re-downloading their dating apps and signing up for meetups now. There we go. I love it. Go to those meetups. Do it. And, do it. Yes. And then you get to focus again on the process, not the outcome where like you get to feel proud of yourself for being brave enough to go to that thing where you're uncomfortable. Yeah. You're the introvert. That's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to go to the thing and I'm going to say, hi, I'm going to talk to strangers. Good. And the outcome that you might get might be awesome friendships and a crap ton of confidence until you end up finding that person. And that's beautiful. And what a gift to give to yourself. Amen. What a way to wrap up the show. Thank you so much (laughs) for for joining us. I really loved having you on as guest. Yes, I appreciate you. I'm so happy we're connected, girl. Thanks for having me. Yay. All right. And to everybody listening, of course, we are wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. We'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching 
And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.